Hello and welcome to Lauren.Live. Thanks for joining me today. We're going to be talking about something that's been on my heart for the last month. This topic just seems to keep popping up in podcasts that I'm listening to, not my own, other people's, and I'll mention who's, um, in conversations I'm having with people at the dentist, and I've just been thinking about it, and little signs are popping up spring, blooming trees. like There's just a lot going on in nature in my life. And I don't know, it just seems like I keep having these really interesting coincidences where I haven't thought about a topic and then I'll have either a thought or I'll come across a conversation or hear something. And it's the same thing. And I'm like, what? This is crazy coincidence. And it just seems like a sign. Like This is something that I need to dedicate an episode to. And honestly, I could probably dedicate many episodes to this. It's a pretty in-depth conversation and you could go down some rabbit holes, but I'm going to just touch on some things that I've been thinking about and hearing and that make a lot of sense to me. I think a lot of people are probably feeling this way as well. It's just, we don't always have, well, we don't take the time to, to be conscious sometimes and just think about these things, going back to the basics of our existence, our root of our existence as a species, being outside, being connected with nature. So today I'm going to talk about the connectedness and disconnectedness that our human species has with nature. I truly believe we were designed to be outside most of the time. We don't live that way now, most of us, unless you're living in a tribe or in a very remote place where you're outside hunting and gathering, or you're a professional athlete that participates in some type of a sport outside, or you're a farmer, or you get my point. But most of society, and I would say most of the people listening to this podcast, because if you have technology, you have a phone, you have the means to watch this on YouTube, you're not in a remote deserted island without access to these tools. So you get my point. Most of us are in and out of our homes, in and out of the workplace, but we're not outside that much and we could be outside much more. We live in a culture where we are inside our boxes, our homes. And I heard this on a podcast. Luke's story is a podcast, The Lifestylist, that I've been listening to a lot lately. And uh, I listened to uh, one of his early on episodes from back in 2016 with Daniel Vitalis. It's called Farming in the Fall of Man, number two. So I think they had talked about this before, and this was the second conversation they had about this. So if you're interested, I'll put this in the show notes uh, below in the podcast description or on the YouTube description, wherever you're listening to this. And I'll reference uh, you know, these podcasts that I'm talking about, but he talks about how we live in this box, get up, get ready, walk outside for like probably less than a minute, right? 30 seconds, get in your car, drive to work, drive, run your errands. You walk outside for a second, you're back in another box. And this is what we do almost every single day. So we aren't getting a lot of exposure to sunlight, fresh oxygen, We aren't looking at the trees, noticing wildlife, grounding. Um, He talks a lot about the importance of getting UV rays in our 
uh, skin and our eye, our eyes, not directly, but just the sides of your eyes. It's very important for vitamin D and uh, just speaks a lot about how, you know, this important UV light, um, of course, not long, long exposure where it's burning your skin, but, you know, they say 15, 20 minutes here at a time, or uh, if you're not in direct sun, you know, much longer, of course, we need this for survival. We need the light, the sunlight, the fresh air, the movement, the exercise. It helps reduce anxiety and depression. And, you know, he's talking about one of the reasons we may, I mean, there's many reasons that aid to uh, the decline in mental health in our country and world. But one major part of that is not being outdoors at all enough, like not nearly enough. So, uh, that was something interesting. I thought about that. Wow. Yeah. I haven't been outside very much. I have a new baby with the quarantine thing. We are being forced to stay inside, um, or we chose to stay inside, whatever, you know, you resonate more with there. I know there's people that are on different ends of the spectrum, but I was in the house a lot more during 2020. Naturally, uh, there wasn't anything to go do. The weather was poor in you know the beginning of quarantine. I was pregnant. I have had a baby. So I've just been at home a lot more. And some days I would really make an effort to get out and go on a walk, get outside. Other days there was, you know, a day or two in a row where I wouldn't even make it outside because you're just it was busy. But I thought that is not good for my health. Like I need to be getting outside. So just during this time and hearing these the podcast, and I thought, wow, I need to talk about this. Like, we need to reconnect with nature as a species. And in this podcast, on Luke Story's podcast with Daniel Vitellis, we, as a species, they're talking about we are being pulled in so many directions all the time, checking our phone, checking our email, checking social media, selling something on offer up, you know checking this, doing that, moving, driving, running an errand, going to yoga class, dropping the kids off, running to the grocery store or ordering on Prime, you know, Prime, da-da-da-da. Like we're just moving so quickly, watching something on Netflix, um, recording a podcast, listening to a podcast, driving somewhere, traveling. Like we're just on the move as a society. And some of that is great. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to be negative. This is where we are as a species, we've created a lot of really cool technologies and we're doing a lot of cool things, but we're just moving so quickly and we're forgetting some of the basic principles. Nature, for one, we were born outside. Maybe we had, you know, we're going back to our, our roots here, caveman, Neanderthal species. We were born in caves or we were born with you know, palm hut shelters or clay mud shelters. We were outside a lot more, hunting and gathering, playing as children, bathing in the rivers, doing anything and everything outside. Besides finding shelter when it was either really hot or the weather was poor. But we were meant to be outside. We were meant to be running around barefoot and finding food and, you know, or thinking about like the Native Americans in our country, were very spiritual and so grateful for the food that they caught. And if they ate it, they were grateful for it because it gave them life. 
And that was something interesting too. I thought I'm kind of bouncing around, but talking about how we eat today is so different than how we used to eat. And I thought that was so profound. You know, you catch an elk or you catch a deer, you catch a fish out in the wild back in you know, a long time ago. You were grateful for that animal because that animal had to die to give you continued life. And some of these things that I'm saying probably are very obvious, but we don't really think about them. So I want to break it down. Now we have a very different food chain and a very different process for how we get our food. Most of, most of us aren't hunting and gathering. Sure, you might garden here or there, but like most of your food probably isn't being hunted and gathered, <laughs> killed and gathered. Uh, you know, it's just how it works. You either go to the fast food, you go to Costco, you order your stuff on fresh, you go to the grocery, like things are ready for you. You go home, you cook, you go out to eat. We don't have the same relationship with our food that we used to either. We don't have the same gratitude that Native Americans or hunters and gatherers had because they had to actually put effort in to find their food. There was a scarcity. It was so special when you found that thing to keep yourself and your family alive. And now it's so convenient for us to get food. You know, I think I, I'm at least speaking for myself. I, I am grateful when I think about it, but when I don't think about it, I'm busy we eat how many times a day? <laughs> At least three, but probably more. Me, I love to snack. I don't think about it every single time I eat because I'm in such a rush. I'm just shoveling things in to, to get calories in. But just to take a moment and be grateful for whoever farmed that and made that food for us, right? Going back again, when we used to, as a species, catch our food, it was like a victory. It was hard work and it was reward, reward. You know, you had a reward when you got that food and you were so grateful for it. The Native Americans especially were very and still are very grateful for each animal and each piece of nature. We don't really do that a lot in our culture. We're not taught to do that as much. Yeah, I think people pray sometimes and are grateful for food. And I, I, again, like I think about it sometimes, but generally speaking, you go out with friends to happy hour or, you know, grabbing a burger to go or whatever. I know I don't think about it every time. And just the relationship with nature and our food and the way that we live is so different now. And I think there's just a beauty to going back to how simple in some ways it used to be. And so, again, what I said earlier about the everything has to die in order for us to live. I thought that was so profound. And when you think about it that way, it really makes you grateful. It doesn't matter if you're vegan doesn't matter if you're paleo or keto or carnivore or vegetarian or anything and everything in between. That debate, that debate that's going on now about how we should be eating. Whatever you eat, most of it was alive at some point, whether it's vegetables, they're living. Fungi absorb oxygen, so they were living at one time. 
mushrooms and obviously animals were alive, fish were alive. So no matter what you're eating, it was alive at some point. And I think, you know, it deserves your gratitude because it had to die for you to live. And that's the cycle of life. But because we're at the top of the food chain, I think we just kind of have gotten carried away and don't always appreciate what we're eating. So that's just one little portion that I've kind of dove into real quick there. But it goes back with reconnecting with nature. That's what this topic, this podcast is about. How are we connected and how are we disconnected? I would say kind of touched on an area that we're very disconnected with our food chain, our food supply. And I think if you're more grateful for the food that you eat, you also are more conscious about what you're eating because how did it die or how did it get packaged and processed and get delivered to your house? There's a lot of work that goes into that, a lot of human hands and machines and processes to get that stuff to you. So one, just a a reminder of being grateful for that. And two, being more conscious about what we're eating. And that gets tricky. I don't want to be negative in this podcast. It's just honestly what this is. It's reality. We live in 2021. We don't hunt and gather, most of us. Most of us. Now, I know there's probably some people that do, but most people don't do that fully in today's world. There's still pockets of the world that do that, but we eat mass-produced meat and GMO products, stuff that's been sprayed with pesticides and chemicals most of the time. If you're lucky enough, privileged enough to buy organic, it's better, but it's still not perfect sometimes. It's hard to know exactly what's going on. We're not at the farm. The problem is... And this was in that podcast that I mentioned. It's the uh, farming in the fall of man. They talk about how when the first wheat crop had been harvested, that was what changed the food production industry or just food production in general for humankind. That's also something, yeah, it might seem obvious, but if you really think about it, I never thought about that. Before then, everyone was hunting and gathering. If you were rich enough, you had maybe servants or slaves or, you know, different people helping you do that, but most people were finding it for themselves. And I believe he said it was the Ottoman Empire were the ones that Turkish people that really way back when learned how to harvest wheat because think about that. Before that, everyone kind of fended for themselves. Once crops took off, you could mass produce grain and other crops. Wheat, things started to change because you could feed a large amount of people. There was trading and supply and demand And that started happening in all the different, you know, sectors as we go, you know, in different uh, generations of man. You know, you have farming of animals beginning 
And I believe they said even like milk wasn't really a thing as much from cows. But then in India, because cows are considered sacred, I believe then they they thought, well, if we drink the milk, I think don't I, I'm not an expert on this, so I'd appreciate if anyone wants to correct me in the comments below or send me a DM on my Instagram, feel free. But in the podcast they were talking about, because they didn't eat the cows, they would milk it. They thought that was at least better because you weren't killing the cow. And then that's how that whole thing started, where we started drinking the milk of a cow, which then you could make cheese and yogurt and all the things. So it's interesting that this this could be a whole podcast episode in itself, just the process of how food has changed um, and different cultures and, and discoveries na- you know, created what we now take for granted, don't even think about drinking milk, eating cheese, all the things. And now, of course, there's millions of options. Oat milk, hemp, hemp milk, <laughs> those things weren't around back in the day. Um, coconut milk, almond milk, right? So things have changed so much. And so this is, again, just one little portion of this podcast, but it all relates to how we've changed, how we interact with nature, which is partially just being in nature, eating off the earth, you know, Food is vital for us. We eat to stay alive and we also do it now to enjoy ourselves. But think of how different the food is now. Pretty sure truffle oil fries weren't a thing back in the day if you catch my drift. What a luxury, right? But we eat all these exquisite, crazy concoctions, chia seed smoothies and oat milk lattes, you know, avocado oil sprayed. I made grilled cheese last night with avocado spray uh, for my, you know, oil and gluten-free Dave's Killer bread with like Manchego cheese. Like what? I mean, our ancestors are probably like, what the hell is going on? What are you eating? So we've changed how we eat. And I think unfortunately, a lot of it's hurting us. And that's what they talk about in the podcast. Uh we not, weren't necessarily meant to digest like a blue gogurt, if you will. I don't even know if those are being sold anymore, but we weren't meant to be eating such processed foods and oily, salty, fatty foods. We ate raw food back in the day, but now we're filling ourselves with beverages and like protein water and protein chips and just the weirdest, craziest stuff fast food and, oh, it's just, it's not how we were, we weren't built to break this stuff down. And now we have crazy amounts of diseases. And that's not even to mention then what was that stuff all sprayed with when it was at the crop level and, you know, how is it being processed? How is it being stored? Is it being stored in a metal container, BPEA, like plastic? Like, I mean, you, you know what I mean? You could drive yourself crazy. And Again, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be overwhelming. We're all trying to do our best, but just this is bringing forth consciousness of how much things have changed and trying our best to go back just a tad to be a little bit more natural and conscious. Um, it's hard to do this collectively. You can make individual choices. You can try your best if you can afford to eat organic. You can try to eat more raw foods. You can you know, support small local farmers, things like that. But 
realistically, we can't reverse the whole culture. We can't shut down McDonald's or, I mean, and I eat fast food here and there, right? I love a good burger. I'm not going to lie. But like, generally speaking, like we're here 2021, like we can't reverse all that we've done. And some of it's great. Some of it we're really hurting and harming ourselves. But we can demand things like non-GMO products, stop using Roundup, stop messing with soil. That's something that um, Farming in the Fall of Man episode on Luke Story's podcast. And also there's another one, Don't Fear the Virus, which goes into a whole bunch of stuff with COVID. But honestly, it talks a lot about some of the really cool things about soil. Uh, Zach Bush is an MD. He's the uh, guest on that podcast. And ooh, it was one of the best podcasts I probably ever listened to, you guys. I, I learned so so much. And he has a very unique view on COVID. So if you are interested in not burn out on the topic, go have a listen. You have to be open-minded. Um, but he talks about a lot of really interesting things that I had never heard and even thought about, just a different perspective. And it is a scientific approach. So it's not some conspiracy theory, but he does, he talks a lot, a big, one of his big focuses is on how our soil has been messed up and changed. And, you know, he honestly thinks if we can fix that problem, we could fix a lot of our disease diseases and health problems. We've messed with our soil so much that even like just different amino acids and things that are vital for our bodies, we aren't getting what we need because we've messed with the soil. We've put so much Roundup and chemicals and pesticides in our farming soils. We're kind of effed. Like, I'm going to be honest, it's disturbing. So not only are people using Roundup on their yards for weeds and to keep their grass green, but on a larger scale, the farming industry, I mean, Monsanto, we all know the, the negative connotation with that company and Bayer using the most toxic chemicals that are in our soil and our water and they get evaporated and they're in the rainwater. I mean, he was even talking about, this is crazy. I never even thought about this. The roses that people give each other sitting in your house are literally like emitting a roundup because any main produced flower or produce product has roundup in it. Like roundup is everywhere. It's awful. And he really thinks that that's something that's making us so sick, rise in cancer, uh, you know, the, the crazy numbers of all the health problems, infertility's on the rise. I won't go too much into it. If you're interested in this, you should just listen to his podcast. It's a long one, but it, it really was good. And so I'm on like a mission to ban anything with Roundup. I mean- Kind of depressing, but people should know this. We should demand that it's banned. I mean, that is, if we really want to care about a human rights issue too, along with everything else going on, which is equally as important, but if we want to get into a more longer term, you know, problem here that we need to solve and look at, it's removing things like Roundup because that is essentially long term killing us. It's creating disease and it's just awful that it's even 
legal to use. So that's just one, one thing to think about is we were meant to be one with the earth and our soil and the fungi that grow in it. And I don't know, I, I think it's been kind of coming out more now that it's really simple. If we were to improve those areas, we could greatly improve the human race's health in 2021. But if we don't start looking at this and changing it, we might self-implode at some point sooner than I think a lot of us think. So uh, there's another film I want to mention. I'll put it in the notes. Uh, I think it's called The Biggest Little Farm, Little's Bigger Farm. I'll have to look that up. Um, and it also talks about just like letting your farm be natural in the ecosystem. It's a beautiful film. Uh, Biggest Little Farm. Let me look this up really quick. Yep, The Biggest Little Farm. Really cool documentary. Really touching. Highly recommend it. The Biggest Little Farm. We'll put it in the notes. And it shows how this farm was able to flourish and not use pesticides and chemicals. And it was tough, but when you use nature in the right way, you don't have to use chemicals. It is possible. It's just we live in a world of convenience and mega corporations that control our food industry. And we have to make some changes. This is pretty serious. I think it's right up there, honestly, with, you know, global warming gets all the attention. And that's great that people are paying attention to it. But we're doing so much harm to our waterways and our, our bodies in the soil. And that's a, like a slower, longer death, if you will. But I mean, it's really important. And I think a lot of people don't think about this stuff and I didn't, but if we're messing with the soil so much that we're not absorbing certain amino acids that we need and the foods that we're eating don't have the same nutrients that they should, uh, that our bodies need and crave, that's a big deal. So that's just one part of this podcast, just bringing in some consciousness to how we treat the earth too with all that agriculture. And the first uh, the Daniel Vitalis episode that I was just talking about on Luke's story, stories podcast, uh, he was kind of talking about again that vegan versus you're like a meat eater or not, you know, and some people say it's like worse, the cattle industry is so hard on the earth, which it is, but then also uh, agriculture for, you know, plant-based things is also not great. I mean, I think, I don't remember the exact data point on almond milk, but it uses a crazy amount of water and it's not very good for the earth either. Um and just all the polluting and different things that are being done uh, for plants as well. So either way, it's harming the earth. And yes, we need to live and eat and farm. But uh, when you really dig down the farming situation with corn and all the pesticides and Roundup again, like soybeans, it's a joke. It's, it's horrible for the planet. So 
you know, I think we have to first learn about it and then we have to demand change. That's one of my missions with this podcast when I do uh, clean product reviews, trying to eliminate chemicals. That's a big calling of mine is to demand that products be clean, our foods be clean, that we aren't ingesting and breathing in chemicals all the time, which we are. And it's hard to not in this world unless you're living out in the mountains. But we need to demand that these companies are held accountable. I mean, it's it's an injustice to humanity that the things that these big companies round up, I mean, it's so toxic and it's it's awful. So we'll move on from that, but something to think about. I don't know how to organize this, but we should be demanding that, you know, big changes be made because it is honestly a huge threat to humanity. It's right up there, honestly, with global warming and all the other things that get all the press. This is serious. So we need to reconnect with the earth and eat cleaner and have cleaner, healthier, safer uh, processes for the farming of our food. We need to be more grateful for the things that we eat. And we need to improve our soil. I think that would greatly improve our health, but we have to do it soon or honestly, we could be doomed. And I know that sounds dramatic, but when you, you listen to the two episodes that I mentioned, it makes sense. They, they speak more in detail about it. They're the experts. So I'm just another voice. I'm just a messenger uh, letting you know what I've learned and to go check those episodes out if you're interested in this. There's a lot of different documentaries out right now about soil and uh, fungi. And he talked a lot about that, uh, Zach Bush, in his uh, the podcast that I mentioned a few minutes ago. Fungi is huge in our ecosystem. It doesn't get a lot of attention. But think about this. What I thought was really cool, he said this analogy. He talks about death and how... Even like humans, it's kind of morbid, I guess, but not really. It's a part of life. Dying is a part of life. When a human dies, in the old days, they wouldn't have been built, you know, buried in a coffin. They would just be buried in the ground and they would decompose into the earth. It's just, it's all part of the process. And so just like an animal in the wild, right? So we're at one with the soil or one with the earth. Like it all comes back to the soil and the earth. I don't know. It's just like this aha moment. Like we are part of the earth. We are this physical part and we're so separated from it because we're in this tech age. And I feel that we think we're superior or something than nature. We don't think about being one with it, but we are. We're a mammal. We're always inside our house on our our machines and our screens and moving around robotically almost. We were born outside. Our species was born outside. We hunted and gathered our whole lives. We died and we were buried in the earth. Like we were, Everything revolved around like the earth and nature, and now we are so disconnected from that. And he, the analogy, though, that Zach Bush was talking about was when a tree dies, it doesn't, like, 
there's more life on the tree once it hits the ground and is dead than when it was alive. Hundreds and thousands of different species of fungi start growing on. If you've ever seen it in the woods when you go on a hike or something, and you see those huge shelf-like fungi growing on trees or like if a dead tree is on the ground and you go look and there's all this different fungus and mosses and bugs crawling around. Like it's beautiful. Like it continues on part of the ecosystem. Life blooms. And he was talking a lot about that with different uh, species. When we die, our cells and animals and fungi cells are trying to mutate and learn how they can survive once dead. I, I don't know how to explain it, but right? That's how we've evolved as a human. We're always trying to survive. It's what cells and viruses and bacteria do. Always mutating, trying to figure out how to survive next time so that, you know, we don't go extinct. So he does a lot better job explaining it. But again, I will put these podcasts in my notes because they obviously inspired me to do this podcast in the first place. So summary Soil on our earth is so important. We need to respect it and treat it better because it affects our well-being and our health greatly. Um, And just kind of that full circle of like we were meant to be one with Mother Earth or Gaia. And we're so disconnected. And that was what the whole point of this podcast is before I went off on a tangent. But it all relates. We need to reconnect. We're in this age of busy tech. We're disassociated with what's important. Like we're just, we need to get outside more and we need to breathe the fresh air. We need to go for walks and hikes and feel the breeze and look at the trees and just be appreciative. Just slow down. And I think that's, again, kind of stating the obvious. I've always, like, loved being outside. And whenever I did go out, I mean, I've always kind of been like a city girl. But whenever I would go out into nature, I'd really greatly appreciate it. I've always loved plants, loved cacti, loved flowers. I think I got that from my mom. She used to take me to the nursery as a kid, and I was always so bored. And now I am obsessed with plants and flowers, and I'm learning to garden and trying to, you know, get my green thumb. And I want to teach my daughter about the beauty of nature and plants. Um, But, you know, I've always just appreciated nature, but the older I get, the more I crave it. I crave just being outside, going on a walk, sunshine on my skin, just truly appreciating it. And I think why nature is so beautiful And why we need to all be more conscious in connecting with it is, one, we were born to be outside. It's Literally, it's like within our cellular DNA, like we are supposed to be outside and connected with Earth. It's what feeds us. It's where we've been born. It just is. It's here for us. And what I love about nature is it's so, it's so Still, it can be so still. It can also be very powerful. Mother Nature, as we know, with tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, um, wildfires, storms, 
Mother Nature decides what it wants to do. It's got a great power to it, but it just is. I think that's why it's so wonderful. It just is. And I'm staring outside my window right now. It's dusk and it was a beautiful day. It was like 70. It's like the most beautiful spring day. And everything is so still. I'm looking out at my yard and I'm so grateful for these trees that are giving oxygen and shelter for birds and bugs. It's just wonderful. It just is. There's nothing that nature expects from you. It's just providing for you. It provides you with sunlight, but it also provides you with shade from a tree. It provides you with oxygen. It provides you with food. Beauty, birds flying around, like, It's so full of everything that we need. We don't really need anything more in a way. So just that in itself, just that it is. It's inviting, it's welcoming. It's doing its thing. It's growing. Trees are growing. Bugs hatching. It's always, you know, going to that next stage It's just always there and it's perfect in its own way. It doesn't expect anything from us. It doesn't treat us poorly. It's just doing its thing and we are here with it. So I think we as a culture really need to start connecting more with Mother Earth. We need to get outside. And some of the ways you connect can connect more are, of course, going for a walk, going for a hike, just going outside in your yard or going to the beach, putting your feet on the ground with no shoes. Grounding has become very popular. Connecting. Sit in the grass, walk on the grass, do a little meditation. Give yourself that gift whenever you can. Just appreciating the flowers growing or plants in your yard, or if you don't have a yard, go on a walk. It's amazing when you can actually put your phone away and just be present. That's another thing. Nature, it just allows you to be so in the moment, so present, which is so beautiful. And just such a beautiful gift. So calming. I really think nature is the best medicine. And you know, with the rise in mental health issues, depression, anxiety, we're not getting enough light, not getting enough sun rays and UV healthy rays and light on our, our skin through our eyes, vitamin D. We're inside so much. We need to get out more. It would make all of us feel a lot better. I know whenever I'm feeling a little like stressed or down, going on a walk always makes me feel better. That movement and just getting outside. So being conscious that we're a species that's supposed to be outside, but yet we've created this life where we're inside all the time, working inside, in our house all the time, 
driving in a car inside. Like we're not outside nearly enough. And so I would say even just today, the two takeaways, three takeaways, more conscious of our food system. It's a huge conversation. It's very complex, but it's something that we really need to be paying attention to. I really believe that treating mother earth better along with the food that we're eating, we need to be better about all that. And then also just being better about connecting with, with nature for our spirituality and our mental health. I really think if we could do those things and be more conscious, we could change, we could shift and heal humanity in so many ways. We've created a lot of our own problems because we've disconnected from nature and we've manipulated it and changed it for convenience changed our food from its original raw form into these fancy concoctions. And believe me, I love it and it's fun, but I think we need to go back a little bit and get back to our, our natural ways. Somehow in 2021, somehow we have to find out how to do that. We reverse back and it's tricky and it's hard, but I do believe it's possible for us to heal as, you know, this country and in, in the world. And it all goes back to nature. So nature is such a powerful thing and we owe everything to it. I mean, I find nature is like my God, my universe in a way, like just the beauty of a sunset or you know, iridescent flower, tropical species of fish, just like you look at that stuff and you, how could there not be something like a divine creating that, right? I mean, it's just, uh, it's the best. So I just think it's really important that we think about this stuff and talk about this stuff because we are so connected to, to all of our devices and screens all the time and all this different stuff that I'm talking about is just passing us by. We're so distracted. We need to slow down. So I hope I've inspired you to be a little bit more conscious and how you can get outside more and give the earth more gratitude and make choices that are healthier for yourself and your families and start thinking about ways that we can improve this on a more collective in a way, how can we improve our lives? And I think it's all right there provided for us in our soil and in nature. Stuff was put here for us to live. We've just manipulated and changed it to make our lives easier. But we're also really hurting ourselves by doing that. So... One last thing I'll, I'll share before I kind of go into a more positive, like little meditation about nature. Uh, we've, like I said before, we've created all these issues for ourselves, and so you know, you think about like science and like treatments, cures for cancer and this and that, and you think like we've probably created a lot of these diseases, but yet we have all these amazing technologies and 
uh, advancements that are trying to reverse the problems that we've created. You know what I mean? Like I'm not knocking that the cures for cancer. I think that's wonderful. Like we need it because we've, we clearly have issues in this world where cancer is a very common thing for people to get. But, you know, diabetes and infertility problems, like we've created a lot of these problems, tooth decay. Specifically, that's what I wanted to talk about. It's interesting. It made me think like I was listening to these podcasts, I was driving around and I thought, you know, I bet you cavemen didn't really have like rotting teeth. They didn't have tooth decay. Like, yeah, they might have fractured teeth when they're like biting them bones and stuff, but like generally they were eating raw foods from the earth. They obviously didn't have like toothpaste. They probably had different ways of cleaning their teeth with different, you know, things in nature, twigs and herbs and things. But I thought about that to myself. And then I was literally going to the dentist the next day and I was talking to my hygienist and she had done all these crazy like theses and papers in school about like fluoride and how like we're basically trying to reverse all this decay that we've created because of our horrible diets. We're eating all this stuff that's sugar-based. You know, literally you drink milk or eat yogurt, it turns to sugar, right? Bread, cereal, everything that we eat, candy, it turns to sugar, right? In our mouths and we're rotting our teeth out. And then we have all these things like fluoride, more chemicals that we're putting in our bodies to reverse all the chemical filled crap food that we're eating. Like it's crazy to me when you think about that. So we've created all these problems and then we reverse them with more things that could potentially be toxic or sometimes help in the short term. So again, just being more conscious to like, how can we get back to our roots when all this stuff wasn't happening? And so she, she said, cavemen, and they'd have found skulls where our ancestors had full sets of teeth which would show that they didn't have rotting teeth falling out and decay because they weren't eating the stuff that we eat. And I, I don't know. I just had never thought about that. You always think we're so much further ahead. Like we have ways to get, you know, root canals and extractions and fluoride and toothpaste. And like, we're so much more ahead than the cavemen. And I'm thinking to myself, not really. We've just created all these band-aids to all the problems that we've created since then. They were eating clean foods and weren't having their teeth rot out. So, you know, sure we've come so far, but really like before the, like back to the grain thing, like before the crops and stuff, there weren't a lot of the problems that we have now. Before they weren't, you know, cavemen and all these people weren't eating sugar and we just, I don't know. It's just, it blows my mind. Like I never, we've been so trained in this culture to think, all these things that we have now to like keep us healthy. We wouldn't need them if we ate better foods, had less chemicals exposure in every facet of our lives. <laughs> we wouldn't need all these new technologies in some ways. Now, don't get me wrong. Like certain things like genetic disorders or um, things that aren't necessarily caused by a chemical transplants of organs and orthopedic surgeries and like, you know, all these cool things like LASIK surgery. Like, yeah, I mean, 
I'm not knocking that stuff. Like we've come so far and there's amazing things you can do for people. But band-aid stuff like fluoride or, you know, all these prescription pills and just all this crazy stuff that we're trying to reverse the damage that we're doing to ourselves. So we've come far, but have we come so far? You know what I mean? Like go back to how we're supposed to be. And that's the whole point of this podcast is just we need to go back to how we were supposed to be living. And it's so hard to do that in a world like this because we're so far removed. It's impossible almost to like participate in society. Like I want to be in the know. I have a podcast. I'm on my phone. Like I'm in the tech world. I get it. Like that the radiation, like there's nothing I can do about that. Now, do I do small things? Like this is the point. We, we have to just do our best. Like I don't want to be super negative. We have to do our best. Okay. So I try my best every night. I turn my phone on airplane mode so I don't have the radiation by my head. Okay. Like that's my effort to try to like be a little bit better, but I still have my phone. I'm still on it throughout the day. Like I'm getting some radiation. Like, okay, fine. That's just like part of the world we live in. And I'm not going to like drive myself crazy every second with everything because that is obviously like an issue for her mental health too. If we go too crazy, like I know some of the stuff I eat has Roundup in it. Like if I'm not eating organic wheat, I just know that's going to be the way it is, but I'm going to try my best to buy organic when I can. You know what I mean? So again, becoming more conscious is a good start. Let's end this on a positive note. Just we could go crazy with all the stuff that I talked about, but becoming educated, becoming conscious, trying to make choices that are better when possible doing your own research, and in summary, connecting back to nature. I think it provides us all that we really need. And even if you don't make any changes with your food or the things that you use, just getting outside more, even just if it's for your mental health or your, your body, your physical health too, exercise, but reconnecting with the earth. There's so much there for us spiritually. So I know that was a lot. Try to cram it in. We're almost to an hour. And I I know we could keep talking about all this kind of stuff. There's so many different rabbit holes. But I want to end on a positive note, just some ways to reconnect. Like I said, grounding, meditating outside, just being present while you're walking outside, noticing the the blooming flowers, the insects flying around, little bunnies hopping around. That's all the stuff that I see in my neighborhood. But just being appreciative of it. It's not asking you of anything. You don't have to ask it for anything. Just being grateful for it. It's such a beautiful gift. Like it's here for us to appreciate. Don't don't let it be bypassed because you're so busy on your walk on your phone. Just take a minute. Just even if it's a couple minutes of your walk or your day, just get outside without your device. Just appreciate this earth that we're on, this crazy earth that's spinning around in space. It's so beautiful. So let's just end this podcast with a little 
meditation if you're in the car driving or you're sitting at home listening to this or you want to do it later when you get home. But just take a deep breath. Close your eyes. Set your phone down. Turn the the TV off. Shut your email on your laptop. Just hopefully you can do this outside later. So maybe you do have your phone with you. (laughs) But later, do this when you're not listening to this, actually. Feel the breeze. Listen to the noises. Do you hear birds chirping? Maybe you're by water. Feel the earth. Feel the grass with your hands or your feet. Just be. Thank nature for all that it's given us, all that it's given our ancestors all the way back, the first humans on earth till now. It's always provided. The wood in your house was from a tree. The tree was there giving oxygen to our ancestors. The sunlight keeps us warm. We can grow things on this earth to eat. There are animals here for us to eat. But they also deserve our respect and our gratitude too. This is our home. Mother Gaia. Thank you. Thank you for all that you are. Your beauty is inspiring. So, just a little ending note of gratitude for this wonderful earth that we live in. Make up little meditations like that. Go outside. It can be quick, but do some deep breathing outside. Go for a walk. Be more conscious of how you can spend more time outside. Just be more conscious how we treat the earth, how we treat the animals on it. If you're not going to go to a larger scale with the farming and all the stuff we talked about, that's okay if that's not your calling, but it is great let's let's do something collectively to make this change but if anything just for your own self and your own spirituality growth and and your mental health just get outside more and connect with the earth we can learn so much from our ancestors and so much from this earth it's all that we need Thank you for listening. I know that was a lot to digest. Bounced around a lot, but I hope hope you got something from this. It all comes back to nature. It's so healing. It's so perfect. And 
hope this will give you some inspiration to get out more and connect with the earth uh, in this fast, busy life that we live in. It's possible to dis- deconnect, disconnect, excuse me. I think we need to disconnect more from our devices and the busy world that we live in. Just have more moments like we were supposed to, like our ancestors did. Being outside and being grateful for nature and all that it provides. much, much happier if we do that more often. So here's to being more conscious, more grateful when it comes to nature and the role that it plays in our lives. Thank you again for listening to Lauren.live. You can find me on Instagram at Live. My website is lauren.live. Of course, you can find all the platforms that my uh, podcast is on on my website. Um, Now that you've listened, turn that device off and get outside, friends. Good night. Good day. It is now dark outside. I remember I was filming at dusk and it's now dark. Cheers.